Welcome back for another episode of Out of Bounce. As always, I'm your host, Spencer Brown. Joining me, we have Dalton Bishop. Hey, Spence. And we have Christian Ernst. What is up? We got a, well, not a whole lot to talk about now. It's, it's almost Christmas here. Um, hopefully, you guys are staying safe um, and, you know, enjoying your Christmas break. Real quick reminders before we go on with the show. I just discovered, and he just added it, so... Um, it's not like I was like behind the times like I am with most things. Spotify now has ratings similar to Apple. So if you listen to our podcast on Spotify, um, feel free to give us a rating there. Five stars if you want. If you don't like us, you give us a one star. Just rate us. I don't really care. I don't know about you guys. Do you care? I just want to see it ratings. That's all I care about. Um, and also our boy uh, Rhino Neal that we all three – um, got to guest star on his podcast. He's given us some shout outs before. He's helped us out a bit, I think, with our numbers. So I'm going to help him out there. Ryan's Happy Hour yeah. podcast. Uh, feel free to tune into that. Rate that one five stars because that one deserves five stars. I don't know about this one necessarily. Um, so I just want to get that quick housekeeping news out of the way early. Um, baseball, we haven't talked about much because they have been on lockout. Surprisingly, despite being on lockout, teams have decided to go hire managers that were previously not having a manager. The New York Mets, who have a lot of talent, they decided to go hire uh, uh, three-time AL Manager of the Year, Buck Showalter, former, uh, most recently with the Baltimore Orioles back in 2018. I didn't realize he had been out of the league for four years. But he was manager year in 2014. In 04, he was with the Texas Rangers. In 1994, he was with the New York Yankees. Um, memories, if I'm doing the math correctly, I believe he was the first Diamondbacks. He was the first manager in Diamondbacks history. Um, so there's a little bit of history there. Buck Showalter, he has some good teams with the uh, Orioles, which is weird because Baltimore, you know, lately hasn't done much. But I think that hire, it, it's going to be – it's not as crazy as when uh, – the White Sox went out and hired their manager they did, who had been out for 10 years, Tony LaRusa. That one was really out of the ballpark, no pun intended. Uh, and then the Athletics promoting Mark Kotze from third base coach to the manager position. He was previously in Oakland from 2016 to 2021. I guess he's staying there now. He was with the Padres briefly in 2015. He had a um, – Decent playing career. Golden Spikes Award, best college uh, or amateur player, I guess, 1995. College World Series most outstanding player in 1995 uh, with Cal State Fullerton. So he's had a, he had a pretty decent career, I'd say, at least at the college level uh, before going pro. Um, I don't know much about him personally, so I don't know how good of a hire it is. I do know Buck Showalter from his time in Baltimore. Uh, between the two, I like the Mets one more, I guess. But with Oakland staying in house, they've always had some solid teams. I think that could also work out in their favor. I'll go Dalton first. Your thoughts on the two managerial hires? Yeah, dude, they should be great um, to the respective teams. We should see some very good improvement. Uh, that's for sure. Um, yeah, coaching matters whether it's any – it's, you know, it's in like any sport. So, you know, if you can get a good manager for your ball club, I mean, that, that'll that'll go a long way and give the fans hope uh, for the upcoming season. 
All right, Christian, anything you want to add about uh, the two managerial hires in baseball? I think more for uh, Buck Showalter uh, in the New York Mets. Love seeing what the front page says on the New York Post. You know, talking about how he's going to demand accountability. So he is going to be one of those old school type managers that are really going to work uh, his entire team and He's going to work everybody and, you know, and the coaching staff and the players and, the, you know, front office. He wants accountability because he wants the Mets to be the Mets. So it's going to be really interesting how Buck um, really, really changes the culture there, especially in the next couple of years. And with Coach Say, I mean, I mean, it's great that uh, he won it. Uh, he got it, I mean. And, you know, he's been around. Uh, front offices and, you know, run in San Diego and been with Oakland, Oakland for most of his uh, coaching career. So they hired in the building and they think, um, you know, the, you know, the athletics are going to be the new, um, you know, new team to watch out for. So I think both managers are going to be fine. So can't wait for uh, the AL competition next year. All right. Um, real quick. We haven't talked basketball. It's been a while. Uh, we're not going to talk about the COVID cases rising because that's across all sports, and you really don't want to listen to us ramble on about that. In the meantime, standings update with basketball. Uh, Brooklyn's one out east, Chicago two, Christian, your heat three, tied for the day with the Bucks 1913 record. Actually, a three way tied. The Cavs also 1913. Um, um, my Celtics are playing right now. Uh, Detroit's last out east. Out west, you have Phoenix half gave up on Golden State. Uh, Memphis was really good without John Morant. Then John Morant comes back and they lose to the Thunder. Uh, Let's go. Thunder. That's what I'm talking about. No 73-point loss today. That's what, I, that's what I like to hear. <laughs> Get some. Oh, man. Uh, I did see a tweet from ESPN Stats and Info that the Cavaliers had covered 15 straight games until tonight, and they played the Celtics tonight. Uh, they didn't Damn. cover that. So, hey. wow. They're fifteen um, and one, Spence. Great teams cover. Go ahead. I mean, this Sorry. is in their in their last sixteen games. Uh, or was that the no? Yeah, the last sixteen games now, I guess. Um, Lakers currently in the seventh spot. I mean, LeBron and company. Now, they're sixteen and sixteen, which I, I can't say much. Boston's also not having a good year. Um, anyway, the Rockets, worst team <laughs> out west. Um, I don't really have much to say. It's been a it's been an interesting season so far. Obviously, Chicago had some COVID issues. They had to postpone some games. Hopefully, they can reschedule them uh, sometime next uh, before the year ends. I don't want to see teams not play the full 82 games allotted. Um, but, yeah, it's been a fun year. I mean, some people think season doesn't really start till Christmas Day. Uh, Christmas Day, we got, some, we got a lot of good matches. We got Hawks-Knicks, a rematch of a playoff series from last year. Celtics Bucks, uh, another one, two teams in the East that just always have had good um, games with each other. If I was a betting man, I would say Chris Milton's dropping at least 25 points that game if he's playing. Um, Warriors play the Suns, top two teams out West. Should be a very fun game. Uh, Nets Lakers at eight. Uh, I don't know what the status is of Kevin Durant. I think he's still out with COVID protocols. But nonetheless, it could be a fun game. Nonetheless, I just noticed that twice recently. Mavs, Jazz at the end of the night. I'm excited just to watch basketball and focus. I mean, but we also have some NFL games we'll get to much later in the programming. 
I'll go Christian first. Anything you want to say about the NBA season so far, especially your Heat doing really well right now? I mean, yeah, Miami, you know, six and four in our last 10, you know, kind of, uh, you know, riding the waves a little bit. We're not terrible, but we, there should be a lot more games we could have won. Uh, but yeah, being a three way tie with Milwaukee and Cleveland, uh, Milwaukee started off real bad. Now they've kind of bounced back a little bit. Cleveland is shocking the crap out of me. Uh, more than Chicago. I definitely, I've said in my preseason predictions, I think Chicago is going to be into. Uh, the playoffs and definitely be more of a uh, a threat that they have been in recent years, and they've really shown up. You know, Philly with the whole Ben Simmons drama, they're still going at it. Um, Atlanta, New York. I mean, not the strongest starts in the last uh, in the last several months. So, wondering if you know they kind of uh, used all they can, you know, all the gas in the tank uh, last season where there wasn't really a ton of fans in the arenas. And now that, you know, fans are back, it kind of gets them maybe on, the, you know, on away games. Uh, and out in the West, I mean, it's kind of the West. I mean, Golden State is half game back, but they seem like they're the best team. Uh, Utah has been really quiet. Like, I forget that Utah is still, you know, 21 and 9. Um you know, Lakers with their struggles with AD's injury and LeBron, uh, Minnesota, Sacramento are playing well. I mean, hey, Dalton, your your team's not the worst. Your team is not the worst team. Let's go. I mean, it, it got its tenth win. You know, congrats, congrats. Eleventh, eleventh. Okay, I well, I'm looking at the standings and and the update. So I was like, okay. Um, but you got eleven wins. That that's more than Houston. That's more than Orlando and Detroit. So. That's good job. Um, so, I mean, I'm not surprised a ton. I would say the biggest surprise for me is uh, Atlanta and New York, who played an amazing series uh, in the uh, playoffs last year. They've just kind of been a dud this year. All right. Don, any comments on the NBA that you have for uh, this episode? Yeah, dude. I mean, I'm not going to try to – I'm not going to take too much of your time now because – the NBA doesn't seem to be my strong suit at this point in time. But, uh, yeah, I think Phoenix is uh, putting on a show, man. They're taking the Warriors right now for the one seed. And, uh, yeah, I'm a bit shocked by Denver. I think, man, I thought Nik- Nikola uh, Jokic would have put the team on his back and been a little bit better than 500. Only 15 to 15. Um. As for the East, uh, I think I think Cleveland is Cleveland's doing outstanding um, for their standards at least. Uh, since LeBron's been gone, it's been nothing but heartbreak and tears. Um, but this year, dude, it looks like they've got something special. And uh, right now, if the playoffs were to start today, oh my gosh, it'd be like a three-way tie for. Well, it'd be the fifth. The they would be the fifth seed according to the standings. Um, but, uh, yeah, dude, I mean, oh gosh, the Hawks sitting at 14 and 16 right now. That's a little bit of a shocker as well. Um, I'm surprised Brooklyn's at the top, but you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a long season. So, uh, still got plenty of games left. I mean, we're about a quarter plenty of things we're to shake quarter, up. No, we're more than a quarter, basically almost a third of the way through the year, but there's not mm. much separation. 
So, yeah, it's very close. Very, very, very tight. Very tight between um, plenty of seeds. I mean, if you just look at the West alone, um, there's about a, what, three, four-game separation between the fourth seed and the ninth seed. And then in the East, uh, like I mentioned earlier, a three-way tie, three to five. And then the six, seven, eight, and nine seeds all have 16 wins. So, um, I mean, it's it's going to be a tight finish to the end for sure. Yeah. Uh, real quick before we go on an ad break, I want to mention hockey has suspended their season. It's a very short suspension, um, just basically today until Christmas Day. Uh, they'll regroup after Christmas, but there was just a lot of outbreaks. And also with hockey, there's six or seven Canadian teams. Um, so the, And they also they shut off border. Uh, cross-border traveling. Uh, I don't know how long that's going to be, but, you know, you don't want anyone getting sick and having to make up those games. Speaking of make-up games, um, there was a two-week break in February. They were going to have to coincide with the Olympics, allow their athletes to play in the Olympics, but that was never uh, finalized or agreed to. Unfortunately for the hockey players, they will not be able to compete in the Olympics for their native countries. They're going to use those two weeks to make up more than 50 games that they've had postponed. Um, there's a lot more logistical concerns, like with arenas who have booked concerts, other uh, teams that they share an arena with. Um, so there could be some logistical concerns when we cross that bridge. Um, I don't know when they'll announce what days are getting which games. Um, but that is something to be, uh, be on the lookout for if you're in a hockey like I am. But anyway, we're taking a quick ad break, and then we're going to come back. We got a lot of NFL news and notes. It's getting very close to the end of the season, uh, so you do not want to miss that. And we're back, boys and girls, for another NFL edition of Out of Bounds. First things first, we got to cover some news that broke a little bit after, like a day or two after we recorded. Um I don't think the Josh Lambeau story had broke when we recorded it. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, somebody. Uh, it was not. We did, uh, yeah, we did not, we, we did not talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I remember – I know I at least said that I don't like getting coaches fired in one year, but I thought that Urban's time was winding down because uh, there was the allegations about other stuff. Uh, and then, like, Urban had that comment like, hey, whoever leaked it, I'm cutting them. Josh Lambeau had already been cut. He had nothing to lose. So he comes forth the allegations that Urban Meyer kicked him and um, used some expletives directed towards him. Um, so Urban Meyer got fired, I believe it was late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning. Um, we all woke to the news. Urban Meyer was fired from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Daryl Bevel took over as interim head coach. It's going to be a good coaching uh, search because you have Trevor Lawrence, who people have said, the generational talent. Um, they'd be like Andrew Luck. Like you want this quarterback, so they can have pretty much whatever they want. If they want Josh McDaniels, who we see what he's doing with Mac Jones, is looking really good. What he did with Tom Brady, it's obvious. Eric Bieniemy, what he's done with Patrick Mahomes, what he could possibly do with Trevor Lawrence. I think they're going to get an offensive guy. They need an offensive guy to help out with Trevor Lawrence. Um, but also on the flip side, it's, it's unfortunate he was fired. It didn't work out. Um. I, a lot of us probably didn't see that coming. I don't know what exactly I said on their episode when he got hired, but 
it just did not work out. I think a lot of people, more often than not, saw this ending coming and also was fired for cause. So as of now, the Jaguars owe him no money, which is because which is great for the Jaguars because they have four more years left of a contract and they don't have to pay him anything right now. I'll go Christian first. Um, you played football. Um, you've been around some coaching terminations and coaching hires going through a coaching change. Um, but just your reaction to the news of Urban Meyer getting fired from the Jaguars. Um, thank God, you know, <laughs> and, and listen, I, I have no ill will towards Urban Meyer. I don't think Urban is the worst guy in the world, but as you know, a former football player, it's very disrespectful when if we're on an you know we're at an away game, you don't travel with the team coming back in like your first two away games. That's already uh, interesting, you know, to say the least. Because you know Jacksonville is not a winning football team and winning culture. So the fact that you aren't with your players when they lose, that was already a red flag. And then you know kicking preseason and you know, having this abusive kind of power uh, in the NFL. I think he worked better in college because he probably could be more abusive towards, you know, the GAs and the coaches and the players and other, you know, coaches and people around the building because, I mean, you're the guy, right? Like, you have what you say and – you know, no one's going to shed, you know, look the other way and everyone, no one's going to say a word to you. So, you know, you're in control. You're the dictator at Ohio State. When you're in Jacksonville, man, I mean, you can't you can't do that. It's a weak kind of sport. I mean, yes, the players are the ones who make the plays, but also you got to, you know, be the coach and help the players do the best they can. So, it, it, you know, it's a two-way street. You can't just force – you seem to just play good. And then the whole, I don't know if y'all remember this, but the Vic Vangio uh, story with, uh, you know, because Denver started 3-0 early, beat Jacksonville as one of their games. And Urban told Vic, man, it's like playing Alabama every single week. Like, no crap. Mm-hmm. These are tremendous <laughs> football teams that everyone says, oh, Alabama would definitely beat Jacksonville. No, they wouldn't. You know, when talks at NFL level, Jacksonville ain't anything. But in terms of talent all around, there's a bunch of talent on Jacksonville's team. These guys are in the NFL for a reason. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's how like I would say on that. But, I mean, he I, – I would get into a whole, like, mess and argument being in this. But <laughs> I'm glad Urban got fired. Uh, with all the stuff that happened, I'm glad Jacksonville doesn't have to pay anything. And I mean, we could see uh, uh, Eric. I'm not gonna pronounce his last name again because I can't pronounce it. Uh, in Kansas City, we could see Jim Caldwell return, like Spencer said. We could see Josh McDaniels or Doug Peterson come back into being an NFL head coach. Um, Trevor Lawrence definitely is going to be the quarterback, like. Like, we all know he can play. It's just he had terrible coaching, terrible atmosphere. So, actually get him an NFL-minded head coach, and I think he'll be fine. Yeah, and again, I'm not going to evaluate because we know 
for right now, the Raiders appear to be open, unless they want to promote the interim coach. Um, Chicago is trending towards being open, if I had to guess right now. Detroit? Detroit? No, so I said Chicago. Detroit's not firing Dan Campbell yeah, at all. I, I, I would actually go – I like I would die for Dan Campbell. Like, that's their coach. Yeah. It's just they need better players. Yeah. <laughs> that's just what it is. It is unfortunate. So there's going to be a, at least a few openings. But I think Jacksonville, at least as of now, you get to work with Trevor Lawrence. I think Jacksonville is maybe the best job that that's right now. We will evaluate that, obviously, when the season ends. I don't want to forget Dalton because I left him – for a bit. Dawn, your thoughts on the Urban Meyer situation? Oh, dude. <laughs> oh, dude. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I don't have very much experience on playing football. I played one year of grade school, and I wouldn't even count that in some some conversations. But, um, oh, man. Picking a player? Like, that's another you know, professional player? Like this is just another man trying to do his job, trying to make a living. <laughs> like, why would you? I, 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 I really don't get it. Like, there's a reason some college coaches don't go to the NFL. I mean, yeah, um, it has not worked. Out. I mean, Cliff it, Kingsbury's worked out well for Arizona. Yeah, I was completely wrong on that one. Yeah, I, I think. Well, Cliff, I. This is this is the outlier, Spence. Oh, one hundred. I want to see him. I want to see Cliff do. I want to see Cliff win ten games next year. Okay, like that's you know the one year. Okay, fine, but do it consistently. That's that's what I think. But um, back to Urban. I think, <laughs> dude, it is it is awful the fact that nobody nobody saw this coming. I'm nobody. I mean, the media, the front office of the Jaguars, nobody saw it coming. They're shell shocked because they saw the success that he had in college and they thought, hmm, this might be able to translate pretty well to the NFL. Nope. Nope. There's a difference between working with 18 to 22 year olds and 22 to mm, about 45. Like, these are grown men who know what they're doing, have been doing it for a long time. And I get it. You know, winning solves everything and losing solves nothing. Uh, You know, eventually you start losing games back to back to back. You know, you go on six-game losing streaks, seven, eight, nine. And it starts to get to you, man, mentally. And that goes with anything. So I figured that probably that probably was eating Urban Meyer alive. Um, but you know, it takes a certain kind of coach to coach in the NFL. <laughs> um, you gotta, you gotta be able to, to realize that, uh, it's, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's a, a business and you gotta do your job. Everybody has to do their job. You have to work as a team and be, uh, a team oriented kind of coach. Uh, not an alpha, if you will, like my way or the highway. Um, and that seemed like what it was. It seemed like, it seems like urban is meant for college, only meant for college. 
maybe high school if he really wants to go there. But I think college is probably his thing. All um, right. But yeah, dude, that's and now now in terms of candidates, I thought that Urban was an offensive guy already. That's at least what I heard. But college is a lot different than NFL, buddy. That's that's true. It is. It is. It is different. Cliff Kingsbury is an offensive guy, and he went from college to the NFL. He's putting a college system in the Arizona Cardinals offense. He sucked in college. That's that's he's the rare one that sucked in college and works in the pros. All right, um, but um, with their coaching search, dude, I think you know you got to get you know get somebody that's actually gonna make a change in their locker room. They haven't made a change. There's no culture change. It's literally the same, just a different coach. You know, like get somebody off of Andy Reid's uh, coaching staff. You know. Um, you know, I, Bill Belichick's coaching staff. Although, you know, I think Brian Flores is an exceptional coach, but other than that, there haven't been any. Had there ever been many Belichick assistants to that have had success as head coaches of the NFL? But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's not hard. You just just gotta do your do your research, man, and just. Stay, stay in the NFL. Don't go down to college and try to take somebody from a college program and make him an NFL head coach. All right, you're seeing some of these, with the exception of Cliff Kingsbury. You know, you're seeing some of these experiments just not work, not work at all. Um, Matt Rule, for example. I mean, guys, that's crazy what's happening in Carolina. Like, I get it, a rebuild and all, um, but they have gone through. Was it three three quarterbacks <laughs> throughout this entire year? They played three different quarterbacks trying to figure out what the heck's going on. <laughs> like, and then Matt Rule can't figure out what to do. Well, like he, and then he fires his offensive coordinator because what was it? They weren't giving Christian McCaffrey the ball or something like that. It was some weird reason I can't remember, but yeah, dude. If you're trying to find a head coach for an NFL team, why go anywhere but the NFL? So, um, yeah, I mean, I I I I, I uh, hope that they uh, uh, give uh, Trevor Lawrence some help and an actual good coach that's meant for the league uh, for sure. All right, on to our uh, next topic. We have our Week 15 recap, beginning with our favorite teams. Uh, in chronological order, we'll start with my team, the Patriots. They went to Indianapolis Saturday night. Um, and basically, Indianapolis did to New England what New England had previously done to Buffalo. Uh, weather was not a factor. Indianapolis plays on a dome. But Jonathan Taylor, who's a guy that I have been a fan of since his Wisconsin days. Um, I liked him a lot last year as a rookie. Um, he ran 29, yard, 29 carries, excuse me. 170 yards and a touchdown at the very end on a 67-yard touchdown run to basically end the game. Indianapolis jumped out front early. Um, they had it was a they had a block punt early in the game that was recovered in return for a touchdown. Uh, Max struggled a bit. He had two interceptions during the game, um, 
And then Carson wins on the other side. Five for 12. If you told me we were holding court to five of 12, I would love that, especially when that quarterback is Carson Wentz. Uh, one touchdown, one interception. That is a good stat line that you want to see if you're the opposing team. Unfortunately, the offense couldn't get much going all night. Uh, Badgley had a few field goals on the night. That was good. Hunter Henry was a bright spot for New England. Um, not Hunter Henry. He also just had a, uh, his wife and him just welcomed a baby son into the world recently. So Hunter Henry, of course, uh, gets to have a big game with six receptions, 77 yards. And two touchdowns. Uh, disappointed. Seven-game win streak is over. First road loss of the season for the Patriots. They dropped from the one seed to the two seed right now. But, hey, if you told me we were in the playoffs before the year started, I'd take that. I thought we were a wild-card team. We're currently in the division lead. We got Buffalo next week. We'll preview that later on the episode. Um, it, it just sucks to lose, naturally. Um, but, yeah, five receptions by the Colts, and there were five different receivers that caught a pass. Uh, no one got more than two receptions because they didn't, they didn't have to pass the ball. And I don't blame him. You have Jonathan Taylor as your running back, and he's dominating it. Almost, I mean, it's a little skew with that last carry, 5.9 yards of carry. But we couldn't stop him. So I don't even blame him for what they did. Um, so congratulations, Colts. They needed to win desperately to stay in contention for the playoffs. Um, and that's all I'll say there. Next, Christian, you guys played Baltimore on Sunday, so the floor is yours, Christian. I mean, I, I will say, like, this is a really good game on paper, and then I saw that Lamar Jackson, you know, the the quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens, he was out with his ankle injury. And I'm thinking, okay, Tyler Huntley, he's a good guy. I mean, he won in Chicago, barely. Like, he... He almost came back against the Browns. It's the Browns. So, it's like, against Green Bay, I think we're going to shut them down. Uh, My God, I was wrong. Tyler Huntley is just, you know, a smaller, you know, decently athletic, you know. He's still, like, he's basically a smaller version of Lamar Jackson. He's a little bit tinier than Lamar. And, but, like, he's Lamar Jackson. He ran very well. He passed well enough. Um, he didn't get sacked at all, um, you know, big sacks. He only got sacked once for four yards. But, you know, the offensive line wasn't an issue. And, I mean, he had Mark Andrews. I mean, when you have Mark Andrews, you're going to be fine. Like, this dude is had 10 catches for 136 yards. He was the guy, just like MVS and Devontae are for Aaron Rodgers. Now, the difference is we didn't run – you know, we only ran the ball one less time – but we, they, Baltimore ran it. I'm trying to do quick math in my head. 40, um, what is that? 47 more yards, which is still big. I mean, Aaron Jones was not clicking as much as they thought. Baltimore's defense was getting after Aaron, stopping the run. Baltimore's defense still did pretty good, but Aaron Rodgers has to be Aaron Rodgers. So they did very well. And they did win 31 to 30. Only because Baltimore decided we're going to go for two. So he, like, he's, you know, John Harbaugh has gone for two multiple times. It has blown up in his face the last two times against Pittsburgh and against the Green Bay Packers. And I understand he's aggressive, he trusts his players. But Baltimore, right now, if they had the two wins, 
So if they beat the Steelers and they beat the Packers, you know where they would be right now in the AFC rankings for the playoffs? One seed. They'd be the, the one seed. No, They'd be the, the one number seed. one seed. Yeah. They would have the bye if the playoffs started today. If they just kick the field goal and possibly win it, or you know, they get the two-point conversions. Let's just say they get the two-point conversions. Mm-hmm. Against Pitt and Green Bay, they'd be number one. But right now, because of Jim Harbaugh's decision, not saying it's a good one, not saying it's a bad one. I think it's a good one because Green Bay Packers won. But I said it was a bad one when he lost to Pittsburgh. But losing that, they're now on the outside looking in. Buffalo, who's been very inconsistent, they're in the playoffs right now. The Chargers, the Colts, who are a you know red hot team, I think I think they're the scariest team in the AFC. Not named the Patriots or the Chiefs right now. I think the Colts are the third best team in the entire league right now, or in the AFC. Excuse me, not the entire league, the AFC. Not this was me personally. So Baltimore really shooting themselves in the foot. They could be ten and four. Instead, they're eight and six. And then the last three games they got, they got a real tough matchup against the Bengals. They got Dalton's Rams, and they got Pittsburgh again. So you got three games where, honestly, they could lose all three. It's very possible they lose all three games. Since he's number one in the AFC, they don't want to lose that. Rams, they're trying to do as best as they can because Cardinals look a little slippy, and the Rams are trying to sneak in, you know, sneak in there to to claim the NFC West title. And Pitt, they want to be in the playoffs, man. They want to do everything they can to be in the playoffs because they are right there. They're right there behind Baltimore and barely in front of uh, Las Vegas and Miami. So, in my eyes, I mean, it was a great game for Green Bay, but Baltimore got a lot to do. Christian, can you remind me what happened because Green Bay won this week? Oh, also, thank you for reminding me. We are the first team in the NFL to clinch a playoff spot. We won the (laughs) NFC North. And and like I said, it's too easy, man. I mean, Minnesota, (laughs) they shoot themselves in the foot. Chicago, it's Chicago. And Detroit, I'm sorry, Detroit. I I, I love you, man. Like, Come on, man! You can't. You got just... your coach. Why did you win? You had Aiden Hutchinson, Michigan defensive <laughs> end. He was going to be the number one overall pick, I guarantee you. Or Matt Coral if they went quarterback. Or... But they they were so close. They were so close. Why did you do that? Why'd you get Jacksonville the first overall pick again? Come on, Jeez. But Green Bay won the NFC uh, North title. We get a playoff game. Whoever it's going to be. Uh, home playoff game. Hopefully, we don't fall at the one seed. Um, hopefully, Arizona, Tampa, and Dallas suck, and we can just take it all as we go. But right now, I, I'm I'm feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. All right, Dalton, you guys had to be postponed until Tuesday. So, um, yeah, tell us about that game. Yeah, dude. Uh, it was um, it was interesting to say the least. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, the Rams were one of three teams to have, like, a massive breakout. Uh, they had, like, 25 players on COVID list. I'm talking starters, reserves, practice squad. 
throughout the entire week, they were calling, I kid you not, they were calling players, former players who either didn't have jobs or what have you, and seeing if they wanted to play for the Los Angeles Rams. That's how that's how desperate they were that they needed players on their team. Um entering the week, uh Vaughn Miller was on the COVID list still. Jalen Ramsey was on the COVID list still. Um and maybe a couple others. Vaughn cleared the day of the game. And Jalen cleared a couple days before the game, I think. Um, they were still missing three starters, but it was no problem. Um, I thought this was going to be closer than it actually was. The Rams played the Seahawks at home. Um, despite what you might think, uh, the Rams are now. Uh, they've won eight of their last ten matchups against the Seahawks. But, you know, this rivalry, it's, it's going to be close no matter what. Um, it was three to three at halftime. <laughs> and then the Seahawks come out, get the ball first to start the second half, go all the way down and score a touchdown to make it 10 to three. And then the Rams don't look back, man. They went down on their next possession, found Cooper Cup in the end zone, all right, for six yards. And he actually set the franchise record for most receptions in a season. He passed Isaac Bruce. Uh, Legend. Rams great. Yeah, I know. Hall of Famer? Hall he? of Famer. Hall of Famer, baby. Yes. Uh, if it's if you want just my humble opinion for a hot minute, um, I think the entire, well, the entire main characters of the greatest show on turf need to be in the Hall of Fame. But that's, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, so now Cooper Cup's a franchise, franchise leader in receptions for a season. I think he's got 121 on the season. Um, and so, yeah, it was 14 to 10 at that, or 122, excuse me. Uh, but anyway, it was 14 to 10 at that point, or 10 to 10 at that point. And then um, in the fourth quarter, um, you know, the defense was surprising me so much, the Rams' defense. I mean, it was interesting, the fact that they were able to slow down Russell Wilson to DK Metcalf. Um I think just a testament to their pass rushes coming around finally. Um, I've been critical of the Rams' defense all season. Um, you guys can attest to that. Uh, I, I've, I've said it on the air um, that their secondary has not been the best. Um, their entire team has not been the best at points. Uh, they went through a three-game losing streak, uh, three crucial games at that uh, with the Titans, the Packers, the 49ers, um, in no particular order. But, um, yeah, the defense was holding up, uh, doing a good job. Um, their best receiver this past weekend was um, was Rams, former Rams tight end Gerald Everett with four receptions for 60 yards. Uh, so I think that's a testament to their past defense that was able to come around despite not having their defensive signal caller uh, in Jordan Fuller. Um, who was on the COVID list still. Um, yeah, they were able to get Sony Michelle. He had 18 carries for 92 yards. Uh, I've been saying this all I've been saying this for the past few games as well. You need to keep Sony Michelle as a starter. He gives you a different dynamic, all right, than Daryl Henderson does. And I know that's very hypocritical of me because I 
had mentioned something about how Sony Michelle and Daryl Henderson are pretty much the same back when I wanted to talk about running the dang ball. But um, uh, Sony, he's powerful, man. He's powerful uh, in between the tackles. I think uh, I think also, you know, Matthew Stafford and, you know, he's really uh, – they're really so Matthew Stafford-centric. Um, trying to make sure that there's a good balance on offense. Um, they finished off the game with a field goal with about a minute 56, uh, ended up winning 20 to 10. Uh, there were a few calls during the game that went in the Rams' favor. Um, you could argue that they were the best calls. Um, I believe they missed a DPI. Um, I missed at a crucial point in the game. Um, uh, particularly towards the end. Um, I get there was probably several instances, you know, several several points in the game in which there were many DPI calls that weren't called Christian. But just one that could that sh- probably should have been called, but they didn't call it, uh, was the Ernest Jones uh, pass breakup. He had his back completely to the ball, um, had his arms, had his arm over, DJ Dallas, uh, Seahawks running back's arms as he was trying to catch it. Um, didn't call it. Uh, actually, uh, like a little bit earlier in the game, I think it was the first touchdown drive for the Rams. Um, there was like uh, defensive holding on the Seahawks that they had called, which when you went, when you, which actually wasn't when you went look back at, at the, uh, uh, the replay, it just looked like it. Um, and they threw the flag just using just, you know, at that moment in time, they thought it was. Um, I mean, I get it. Seahawks fans are going to be mad. That's completely OK. Um, but there's a reason that your offense is by far one of the worst in the league statistically. I'm not even joking. Like, they're they're awful. Finding the record speaks for itself. Exactly. Like there's like you can you can blame the refs all you want. I don't want to hear it. Like that's look, it's stuff's gonna happen. Okay, you got bang bang plays that you know the refs are human. Okay, they're not gonna be perfect. Um, they're gonna call what they're gonna call, and you just gotta deal with it. That's just part of it. Um, uh, yeah, the Seahawks five and nine, season's over. Um. Best of luck to them for the rest of the season. Although, if you want my humble opinion on what they should do about the offensive coordinator, he's got to go. They I'm fired sorry. Schottenheimer from last year because it was so yeah. bad. Dude, you know who their offensive coordinator is now? It's some guy that was on the Rams staff last year, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. How's that working out? Huh? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It, I, I, I want to uh, say, I can't wait to see who Seattle takes in the top 10 this year because they're assumed basically to get a top 10 pick. But it's yeah. not even their pick. It's the Jets' pick. Oh, rip. But anyway, um, yeah, dude, uh, just, you know, to switch over to the Rams' side of things, from, like, an individual perspective, Cooper Cup's having one heck of a season, you know. Um, I, he is – I saw a stat that he's on pace to break Megatron's receiving record. Um, I believe it. He needs, like, 300 and some more receiving yards. Yeah, yeah. And then – he would he he is he i think i think it was one short of the receptions record set by michael thomas if he's he's actually on pace for that 
as well. Um, uh, he was man, Coop, uh, hard worker, man. Uh, he's he's great. Uh, I still think he's underrated, even though he's having a breakout year. Um, but yeah, I, I love Cooper Cup. He's a monster. He's a vital part of our team. Um, I look forward to the next game. Uh, you know, the Rams are 10 and four right now tied for first in the NFC East. Well, excuse me, the NFC West. Um, well, they're both 10 and four, but, um, the Cardinals are four and one in the division, which explains why they have the edge. Um, yeah, the Rams play the Vikings this week in, uh, Vikings house. Uh, so I expect that to be a good game, but you know, they just got to take care of business. Uh, it's just one of those things you, you, you have to win out. Um, you know, uh, the Cowboys, Packers, Bucks, cards, they're not gonna, they're not gonna slow down. So it's one of those, one of those situations that, you know, if you would have won a couple games earlier in the year, maybe you're not, maybe, maybe you're not in this situation, but you're in it. So, um, I expect them to, to come out and on, uh, on Sunday and, you know, play like they're supposed to, you know, not totally crap the bed. Um, but yeah, hopefully they can, they can keep the, uh, for sure. All right. On to best game, um, of the week segment. I'll go Christian first here. Christian, what was your your best game for Week 15? I would say the best game of the week. It may have not been the closest game, you know, per se, but it was the one game that you guys criticized me on because I wanted to be different, and I thought different than you guys. And I thought, you know what would be amazing? If you two were wrong and I was the only one right, because I thought New England... They, they're going to go into Indianapolis, and they're going to have a tough matchup against the Colts. Carson Wentz is not the best, but besides the Tennessee games, he's been a pretty good quarterback. I mean, the offensive line's sticking strong. The defense is very underrated. They have probably the best running back, not named Derrick Henry, on the field right now. So, I thought the Colts were going to win, and I was right. The Colts won. Ha ha, Spencer Props, and buddy, Dalton, man. because y'all thought I was gonna be wrong. Congrats! I was right? I wouldn't say we thought you'd Congrats. be wrong. Dude. Yeah, I'm I just, not picking against the Patriots again. I probably. was, I was, I was hoping that you were gonna be wrong because I really needed to get a game on you this week, and it <laughs> well, ended up going the other way. Well, I know that. Thank you. I might have to go to Christian that. first in every single pick, just so that way. Oh, go ahead. That would be absolutely fine by me. But here, Spencer, this is this is not helping us at all. Okay, he's got football experience. He knows what's going on. We have no clue, man. We're just deep picking down deep from the heart. He's like, man, I think this is gonna happen because I've seen it in practice. Gosh. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead, Christian. I know what I'm talking about. So anyway, um, I thought this was game of the week because these are, like I said, these are two top dogs in the AFC, not including Kansas City right now. And, I mean, th- these are these are two teams that I absolutely would trust would be in the playoffs this year. And like I said, the Colts are a really good team when they were 1-4. and four. I mean, they had some games slip away from them. I mean, Dalton, I know it, it was very early in the year, 
but they almost came back on the Rams. Uh, it was a very close game against the Ravens. Seattle, what we know now, I mean, at a full healthy Seattle team is pretty good, but this Colts team looking real strong. Um, you know, the Tennessee game was, you know, awful from him. Tampa Bay was very close. I mean, these close games turn. Th- this team is possibly, you know, number one in the AFC right now. So I thought this is a game of the week because this is possibly an AFC championship matchup that would be extremely fun to see. No, that's, that's not why you picked this game. Week. You just wanted to troll us the entire yeah, time. Yes, and also, I really <laughs> it, think... it was a It was a good game. I mean, the Taylor touchdown at the end skewed the score a bit. But, yeah, it was a good game. Yeah, I, I can't deny that. But ha, ha, I was right. You're wrong. Yeah. I can I can deny it. Okay, I will. De- I'm just playing. All right, yeah, I mean, you know, it was, go yeah, ahead. Twenty nothing at one point. We rallied back late, uh, almost. But gosh, hurts me. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, I'll go next. Best game. Um, there was a few games I th- I'm thinking about, but one game that wasn't supposed to happen on the day it happened. One of the postponements. Raiders Browns. I know the score sixteen to fourteen. Looks very weird. To see Nick Mullins played phenomenal, I thought. I mean, yeah, the stat line, 20 of 30. 67% is not that impressive. I mean, it is still impressive. Don't get me wrong. Um, 147 yards, uh, one touchdown. Derek Carr on the other side, 25 of 38, 236. A touchdown and interception. But this game, back and forth. You had everything you wanted to. Came down to the end. Um, Daniel Carlson, he gets a kickoff, and he makes it. But the timeout's called. And, you know, normally it's the opposite. Like, Cleveland would call him up and the guy would miss it, and then he'd make the next kick or like, Cleveland, or whatever. But Cleveland calls him out to try to ice him. He gets a kick. It's good anyway. They do another kick because the timeout was called. And then he makes the kick. And the Raiders walk off. And Cleveland was so close to having um, – I saw a graphic somewhere. They were like – they would have been the four seed or whatever, five – no, they wouldn't be four. Actually, yeah, they would be leading the division, I'm pretty sure, if that had gone their way. Um, but unfortunately, it didn't go their way, and they're now last in their division. Uh, the Raiders still trying to fight for a playoff spot. There's a lot of – it's all close, and I love it. With three games to go, no one has separated themselves. Um, but, yeah, yeah, very fun to watch. Chubb, of course, one of the better running backs in the league, like Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Jacobs also had – a a decent game. Um, Zay Jones on the last drive coming up clutch with a few big time catches. Give, give him some props there for sure. Um, so that's my game of the week Browns, Raiders. Dalton, your game of the week for week 15. Mm. Um. <laughs> Gosh, probably. I would say probably Packers Ravens, just because how close it was came down to the wire. Um, Ravens have a knack for, you know, being quarter by a lot and somehow, some way, making it close, reasonable, I guess. Uh, I thought I thought that the Packers needed to do what they needed to do in order to win this game. But I thought the Ravens did what they needed to do in order to lose this game. Like that. Why in the hell are you going for two? Okay, I get you're aggressive 
and all this other stuff. But if you tie the game, okay, then you give your defense a chance. Did nobody did nobody see that uh, Christian? I'm sure you saw this. You know when they were down by what was it, 24 to 31, 31 to 24. The Ravens needed a stop when Rodgers got the ball back towards the end of the game, and they got the three and out, and then the Ravens got the ball back, went all the way down and scored. How does that not boost confidence for your defense? I don't care if your secondary is depleted. Why would you not just want to tie the game and give yourself a chance in overtime? If the Packers kick a field goal, you have a chance to go down and score. Like, I, I, that, I mean, if that, I mean that, that that is correct, isn't it, guys? That is the overtime rules. Yes. Yes. Okay. I was just double checking. I know I get college and NFL confused sometimes. No, you're good. Um, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Um, that's, you know, that sort of thing, especially in the red zone. I don't trust. I do not trust it at all. Um, uh, especially, you know, that played right into the Packers' hands. They were, I bet, I bet they were hoping you go for, you go for two. Uh, because all they needed was one stop, and plus the throw. <laughs> if you go and look back at the th- at the uh, replay, the throw wasn't even on target. He also never looked for another option besides Mark Andrews. No, nobody. I think, I think, I think that you know the entire world that was watching that game knew where they were going. Like I saw that Mark Andrews was lined uh, lined up on the outside, and I was like, oh. Yep, here we go. And sure enough, they roll out to the right, and he throws it right in his general direction. I'm like, wow, that's the best you can do on a two-point conversion. Okay, yeah, all right. You don't deserve to win the game. And that's, you know, <laughs> kudos, kudos uh, to, the, to the Packers for getting that stop. But I think the Ravens could have done so much better, so much better. Um, sure, be aggressive, but – Dude, really? Now you're, gosh, now you're not even. I don't even think you're in the playoff race. You're not well, even. You're in the in, race. You're not in the. You're playoffs. in the race. You're just not in the playoffs if it started today. Not. Yeah. Okay. You're not in there. You're not in the playoffs. Um. And Pittsburgh's riding. Pittsburgh's riding high after beating the Titans this past week. So. I think, and Pittsburgh beat Baltimore earlier in the season. And guess what from? A failed two-point conversion. <sighs> Come on. Baltimore's lost three games in a row by four points. That's awful, dude. That's awful. <sighs> There's a time and place for being aggressive on the football field, just from an outsider's perspective. And I think playing it smart and playing it conservative in that point in the game might be a better move than going for two. Just, you know, that's, we mentioned it earlier in the pod, two games in which they could have changed the, the outlook on the playoff. Like the whole playoff picture could be changed if they would have just gone for one instead of two, maybe. Maybe it would be changed. Maybe not. But still, you give your team a chance. You give your team a chance in overtime. 
don't know why. Well, I don't know what people's hookups is with going to overtime. Uh, I, I mean, I guess they have confidence that they can do it, but they failed. So, I mean, here's the thing: if it, if that play works and they convert, and then Aaron Rodgers needs to get in field goal range, maybe maybe Green Bay doesn't get in field goal range because you know it's Aaron Rodgers. You, you can't cut him out. Yeah, but. If it works, you're not criticizing Harbaugh today because it worked. It's looks as it didn't work. Well, sure, but you could say the same thing about if you know if he said if it, it, say if, okay, so say it does work, right? Yeah. Then on the other side, you're saying that was close. Maybe you know if that doesn't work, we're we're, we're having the, we're having a very different conversation about that. Yeah, I mean it's all about perspective of what yeah. happened, what didn't happen. But um. You know, all, you know, what could happen, what didn't happen. But what did happen is that the Ravens lost. So, fair. That's just- right, now on to our biggest surprise from the past week of football. Uh, I'll go Dalton first here. We finished you, uh, you finished last segment. You go first here. What was your biggest surprise from the past week of football? Uh, my biggest surprise was the fact that the Buccaneers got shut out. Um, I know the Saints. I know. I know. I still. I know that was definitely one of your all's games. And yeah, I, stole I, I do it. like the, it's like the Google hunting scene. That son of a gun stole my line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sob. I think that all three of us were probably going to use that game just I because I didn't I think I had another game in mind. But well, that's awesome, Christian. I think you're so great for having a different game, and I, oh, that's I'm that's that's why that I think you're one of my. Greatest compadres, but anyway, I will continue. Um, I think I think that you know the Buccaneers getting shut out was the biggest surprise. Not that they, not that they lost, but it was how they lost. They got like, oh, man, from from just like an offensive standpoint, they could not get anything going at all. Um, and granted, you know Leonard Fournette being out. Um, Chris Godwin got hurt, which I thought that was a dirty hit uh, on him. Um, and I, Mike Evans didn't finish that game either. They were down to their fourth and what four, four, third, third, fourth, and fifth stringers. Um, at one point, I feel like. Um, but dude, the fact the fact that you can't. That they didn't put up any points and not even a field goal at home, dude. I mean, it just speaks to a testament that you know the Saints defense has had Brady's number for a long time. Well, well since he's been on the Bucks, um, and they 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 you know give give uh, Dennis Allen credit. You know the Saints defensive coordinator who you know is dialing it up. Um. And making sure that you know they they don't they don't they don't beat them. Uh, they they just had a great defensive game plan. Um, yeah, my biggest surprise not that the Bucks lost, but that they didn't put up any points at all. None of them. All right, Christian, your biggest surprise from the past week of football. I mean, mine was not going to be uh, the Saints in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just having the worst game of the week. If we had a worst game of the week, that would be it. Because, God, the Saints offense was trash. Like, oh, it was yeah. 
trash. It was nine to nothing. Was... Are you kidding me? Like Tampa's offense is like like just fifty percent better. Doesn't need to be a whole bunch better. Just fifty percent better. It's it's a two touchdown game against New Orleans. Like that's how bad they're off. My surprise of the week. It's got to be Detroit and Arizona. I thought you would pick Detroit, Arizona, Dalton, because the losing team is the first place in your division. Like, Detroit, you won. And not against a crappy team like Minnesota. It's very inconsistent. You beat Arizona. Like, Kyle Murray, like, and they had their starters too. Like, let's not forget, they had their starters playing. Besides D-Hop. Besides D-Hop, but still. You have Chase Edmonds, their star running back. Yeah, well, not star, but starting. Uh, you have Kyle Murray, who is now a pro bowler uh, in the NFC. You got Christian Kirk, who's still good. You know, Zach Ertz, A.J. Green. James I mean, Conner. You still got your top defensive players like Isaiah Simmons, Shannon Jones, who's now back. Um, you know, and you have all your top players, Corey Peters and Brian Murphy and Buda Baker. You have all your starters. And you still lose by 18 points? You get completely shut out in almost two and a half quarters? Like, you couldn't do a daggum thing? How in the heck are you going to be taken seriously if you can beat Detroit? This is a layup type of game. Like, and, and I get it. Like, maybe they were kind of thinking, okay, we'll just get better. No, Detroit wants to win. Dan Campbell's yeah. a coach. Like I've never, you've never seen a like a losing kind of season where like the team is just bad and everybody's like, well, they have the coach. <laughs> like everybody wants Pete Carroll out. Everybody wants David Coley out. Robert Saya, it's kind of like a 50-50. No, every single fan in Detroit wants, all right, Dan Campbell's the guy. We well, just they don't. The players. Like, because everyone's like, oh, it's the coaching, it's the coaching. No, Dan. Dan Campbell is the daggum man, and I would actually die for this man. Like, if I was a player, I'm like, I'm giving my all for him. Like, we suck, and I may suck, but holy crap, that's the daggum guy. That's the guy you want in your locker room. So, I mean, Detroit winning, like, I'm happy for him, and you don't see that. Like, you don't see me cheering for an NFC quote-unquote rival. Like, Detroit's been so bad. They They have the coach. They just need to get you know, some of the best pass rushers or one of the best quarterbacks in the upcoming draft. All right. For me, I mean, I was going to go with Tampa Bay because I think that was, like Dalton said, the way it happened. Similar to Christian, the way the Cardinals and the Lions happened. I'll go with a a different one just for sake of uh, being different. In the game last Thursday night, which I know it seemed like a long time ago because we had Saturday games, we had Sunday, we had Monday, we even had Tuesday game. Um, I'm surprised no one has mentioned this game to this point of the show. Mm-mm. But the Chiefs and the Chargers played. The Chiefs were down big early. They rallied back. We texted briefly. I was like, wow, this game, like the Chargers might win this game, which we wouldn't have been surprised because they won earlier this year. You're at home. My gripe is that uh, and I like was like the criticism we gave with Hardball. If it, like if it works, it works. It didn't. Brandon Staley was like I believe it, 0 for four, maybe 0 for five on a fourth down conversions. And I think they were close. Mm-hmm. Like but, like early in the game, it's fourth down, and you're going for it. And I, I get it. You want to be aggressive, set the tone early. 
you don't want to give Mahomes the ball back because you need touchdowns. But you know, sometimes you just need to take a field goal and you know, call it a day. Okay, I'll get up here. Okay, they were two for five on fourth down according to the stat line. I don't know where I got zero for four from. Then I must have misread that somewhere. Maybe it just felt like zero for four. I swear I read that somewhere. They were zero for four on fourth down conversions. Uh, maybe it was like the zero for three in the red zone because there's a couple red zone trips you had where you came down, you were in the red zone, four of seven in the red zone. Uh, Kansas City on the flip side was three for six. Um, but yeah, four of seven in the red zone, and a couple of them you could have came away with points, and you need every point you can get against Kansas City. Yes, I know math. Six is more than three. Uh, but sometimes you should just play it safe, take the points. Um, you can't say the ball at the 25 instead of the side of five. Um, it doesn't matter because uh, Mahomes and Reed could probably adjust and they would have likely have won the game. Um, you, you never know. It's, don't want to get into super hypotheticals like that. But if sometimes it's just not working and you need to take the points instead of going with the analytics Um which I know is kind of hypocritical of me criticizing because if it works, it works, and you're not criticizing him. Um, but yeah, we're all hypocrites at time. Uh, overrated, underrated. We'll go to that segment next. Uh, one player, one team, etc. We thought was overrated. One player, team, etc. We thought was underrated. Um, let's go Christian first here. Christian, who is most overrated and most underrated from this past week? Uh, New England Patriots over it. No, um, I was gonna say even really you would, yeah, even you though. would, Christian. I, I'd call you a hypocrite for that because you were like they're the best team in football. Yeah, uh, you no, would. you. I'm just want to take a little jab. <laughs> um, I would say, man, overrated. Gosh, I mean, there, there's a bunch of ways I can go with this. Um, but Washington man, overrated. It, I would have to say is just. Uh, some of the play, I would say the Raiders and Titans egos, um, like they're like they're just overrated in the sense of they think they're going to get into the minds of Kansas City and uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, similarly, so if people don't know what I'm referencing to the Tennessee Titans, well, first let's talk about the Raiders. Last week, the Raiders decided we are going to stomp on and have a little team meeting on the Chiefs logo. Then they decided they were going to get their butts whooped, and they absolutely just got smacked. And if Stone Cold Steve Austin was here, he would just say he opened a can of whoop-ass all over uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Las Vegas couldn't. They didn't stand a chance. But this game was a little bit closer. Tennessee decided, okay, I'm going to – we're going to stand on the Steelers logo, trash talk or whatever. This is a rivalry, apparently. I don't even remember – this ever being a robbery like this, but apparently it is. They stand on Steelers logo and then they proceeded to lose 1913 when they had like a very good first half. I mean, yes, they scored all 13 points in the first half and got completely shut down in the second half. But I mean, you 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 had it. You had it won, but yet you couldn't be consistent. So I think Tennessee and just Ryan Tannehill right now, because gosh, they need Derrick Henry. I mean, shoot, I know Devontae Freeman's good, and he had 108 yards in this game. But, like, you don't, you can't just have 108 yards. Derrick Henry, he would easily have 150 on this kind of defense. This rush defense, not the most talented. 
And if Devontae Freeman got 100 yards, you know Derrick Henry was, is easily going to get 150. So they need Derrick Henry back. And I think they'll make the playoffs. I think they'll be just fine. But just just any team, any player on a team listening, don't daggum stand on the logo. Don't. It's like petty as hell. I know. Like, come on. Like, I, I've been around football a long time. And, yes, when you're a rival, yes, you absolutely want to treat dog like that. And, you know, for people who are from Louisville, Kentucky, I played at the Sales High School. Christian Academy did the exact same thing to our logo, stand and something on our logo. We proceeded to kick their, you know, tiny little behinds all across our field. So it, it happens. Don't mess on our logo. You're going to get your butt whooped. And that's exactly what happened in Las Vegas, er, in Kansas City against Las Vegas, and exactly the same happened in Pittsburgh against Tennessee. Now, Tennessee, they have an easier schedule. They got San Fran Thursday night. They got Miami, which will be a little interesting. We'll talk about them later. And they got Houston Texans, which obviously we know is a you know almost an easy dub. But, I mean, the same team we're talking about lost to the Dagum Jets so and also lost to Houston uh, a couple weeks ago. So, it, like, Tennessee could fall out, but they just need to play better. You know, so that's my overrated is just some of the players' egos. Like, you just got to stop. And I think for – I think for my underrated – I mean, I gotta go Philadelphia, man. Like Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts is playing really well. He is right now leading uh, the entire NFL. If I, you know, get my stats right, so he had two touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, and a passing touchdown uh, in this game. All three touchdowns were Jalen Hurts, and he is leading all quarterbacks in rushing touchdowns with ten, I believe, if my math was right. Because I believe it. I saw it was eight in the beginning before the game kicked off. And then I'm thinking, you know, if I add simple math, two plus eight equals 10. So, you know, gay, 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 gay math, uh, you know, stick, you know, stick to your homework, guys. So anyway, Jalen Hurts is doing a really fantastic job. Now, no one is saying he's the best quarterback. No one is saying like he is just the NFL MVP. But Philly looks like they have their quarterback. Now, yeah, they had some – like, Jalen's very inconsistent in this play. Their defense hasn't been all there yet. Injury on the offensive line. And also, it's, you know, not a very good offensive line anyway. And against, like, the better teams, they came out with an L. Like, they lost against the Chargers. They lost against the Bucks, They lost against the Chiefs. They lost against the Cowboys. You're, you know, they're losing some games that they should have won. But, I mean, they – and then all their wins are against teams that aren't the best right now. They beat the Saints, who are very close in the playoff race, but they're not, I don't think, the best. Even though they shut out, they completely shut out Tampa Bay. Oh, it's Tampa Bay. You got a little bit more of an edge. Um, Denver is kind of inconsistent. Washington has really fallen off, and offensively, I mean, Washington really needs to look at their offense in the offseason because, like, I get it. You want to jack up the defense. But sometimes it doesn't work if you don't pay attention to one side of the football. That's what happened with them. And Taylor Heineke, he, he's just done. He's just not their guy. I'm sorry. Uh, and I know he didn't play. It was uh, Garrett Gilbert who started in Washington. But obviously, Garrett couldn't do anything. Taylor can't do much. Like it, He's very inconsistent. But Philadelphia, man, I mean, right now, obviously, they're not in the wild card, you know, in the wild card yet. They're still in the race for it. 
And currently, right now, they're eighth, so they're on the outside looking in. But Minnesota, very inconsistent. I mean, if they're, you know, if the uh, offense was a little bit better in Chicago, possibly an L. Uh, Kirk Cousins isn't the best on Monday Night Football, unless it's against the Bears, shockingly. Uh, San Fran, they look like a good team, but they've shown they're able to lose games. And then obviously Los Angeles or Arizona, whoever in the NFC, it, NFC West it's going to be, they're, they're pretty much locked in. So Philly's very underrated. They're a team to watch out for. And uh, I absolutely think they could possibly steal in a spot from Minnesota or San Fran. All right. Dalton, your overrated, underrated picks of the week. Um, shoot, dude. My overrated picks. My overrated pick of the week um, is going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. No, I'm just playing. I'm not gonna do that. Uh, probably the probably um, just for this week. Probably the uh, Cardinals. I think. Um, usually, you should be able to beat the bad teams. Um, that's, I get it, you know, like any given Sunday, but, um, you gotta be able to beat the bad teams. That's just the nature of it. Uh, being a playoff team, you have to beat them and I get it. You know, I can't really say much because last year the winless jets went into SoFi and beat my Rams. And we still ended up making the playoffs and beating the Seahawks in the wild card and advancing to the divisional. But still, they have a lot of firepower this year. The Cardinals do. Uh, maybe D-Hop was the problem. Uh, not having him was a hurt, hurt a lot. Um, but maybe, you know, they, they still have James Conner and, you know, he's – He's a, he's a pro bowler. They got three or four pro bowlers. Uh, you should be able to take care of business against De- uh, Detroit, especially in a tight race like this. Uh, it's it's win out time. You gotta you gotta win the rest of your schedule. Um, that was my over. And the fact that the, 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 also the fact that they only put up twelve points. What? What? 12 points? Uh, hey. hey, that Cliff Kingsbury <laughs> That's offense. That's nuts, man. Yeah. Hey, you know, Jared Goff might be on a new team, but he still knows how to beat the Cardinals. Boom, there it is. Uh, yeah, you knew it was coming. Uh, I'm just saying, Jared Goff's never lost the Cardinals. Um, uh, let's see. I was Zinger. Uh, anyway, okay. Um, my let's see the underrated part. I would probably go with the Forty ers Um, I don't think enough people are talking about them. Um, they've got they've got all their pieces. Their defense is all like pretty much are like almost top ten, if not top ten this year. Um, and you know, you know, you know what the offense brings to the table already. Um, even though they lost Robert Sala last year, 
I think I think uh Demeco Ryan's or Demigo Ryan's uh he stepped in and do and done a done a pretty good job with this group. Solid group. Um just take it from a guy whose team has to face them twice a year. Watch out for the 49ers. It'll come a time in the playoffs and the wild card round. If they make the playoffs, if 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 the 49ers make it in, so, somebody's going to lose to them. Watch it happen. Nobody's talking about the 49ers. It's, they're sleeping on him or sleeping on them. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think I think they're riding high right now, um, and the rest of their schedule is very favorable. They have, <clears throat> let me see, real quick. They have the Titans next week. The week after that, they play the Texans, and then the week after that, to end out the season, they play the Rams, which. We've seen in recent history that the 49ers have been able to beat the Rams. So if you're a 49ers fan, you're thinking, mm, we got a pretty good chance here to win at least 11 games, despite what people have thought about our roster and we're not that good and so on and so forth. Uh, definitely, definitely an underrated team for sure uh, is the San Francisco 49ers. All right. For me, I'll keep it simple. Uh, Christian Kalu to earlier, but the Titans, uh, I caught most of that game, honestly, the Titans and Steelers, um, they're trending downwards. Let's pay. I mean, they got a game Thursday night against the 49ers who Don just said was his underrated team. Ties on my overrated team. We'll preview that mo- matchup in a moment. Um, but and Dante Foreman, great performance. I'll give him that. Um, but you've lost three out of four games, and your one win was a shutout in what we now know was Urban Meyer's last game as an NFL head coach. Uh, not much of a uh, – not that impressive, Tennessee. Uh, but I think, they, I think they could bounce back still. Uh, but right now, turning in a downward direction. Underrated – I'm going to go a player. Um, many people probably don't know his name. Brett Maurer. Uh, do you know who that is, Dalton? Uh, Brett Maher? Yeah. Maher? Yeah, he's uh, a Saints kicker. Uh, yeah. The Saints kicker, Brett Maher, or Maher, um, the only person to score against the Buccaneers in that game was the kicker. He had three field goals. Um, great game for him. Uh, so he's my underrated player that we got to show some love, especially because kickers, you know, for the brand, as McAfee puts it. Uh, they're people, too. So I, I had to give him some love. I mean, Urban Meyer kicked him, so obviously he's. Oh, no, that's Josh Lambo that Urban Meyer kicked. Yeah. Well, I mean, not the same kicker, but again, like kickers are people too. I mean, they 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 deserve respect. I mean, you know, kick kickers matter. You know, kickers matter. So you just gotta gotta do your part, man. Gotta do your part. Yeah, and he did in a big way, and that Mutual. was yeah. So that's my underrated player of the week. Next, for real quick, I'm going to do playoff scenarios like we did last week. As of now, only the Packers have clinched a playoff spot. Yeah. Uh, It's easy. It's easy winning the NFC North. Yeah. You won the division? (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Um, Easy with their. (laughs) So, yeah, sticking with the NFC, we had the Cowboys. They're 10 and 4 right now, currently lead the NFC East. Uh, If they win or tie against Washington, or if the Eagles lose, um, their game, the Cowboys will win the division and will be playoff 
in the playoffs this year. Uh, there's a few other scenarios that could exist. Um, also, if the Saints lose or the Bucks lose or the 49ers lose, uh, the Cowboys also just clinch a playoff spot because they will be too far ahead um, to get eliminated. Tampa Bay, their scenarios, they win the South if they can get a win against the Panthers or if the Saints lose to the Dolphins. Oh, yeah, Saints loss helps a few teams out here. Uh, Bucks will just clinch a playoff spot outright if the Vikings lose and the Rams win, um, which that's a game they play anyway. So that doesn't make any sense how they um, – so that two for one right there, Dolph. If you can win against the Vikings, the Bucks clinch a playoff spot. Great. Uh, I'm just reading this straight up. I didn't even always think love helping out Tom Brady. I always love helping him out. Yeah. Arizona. Uh, they... winning is what? Uh, fifth Super Bowl? Yeah. Yeah. Six. His first and his oh. sixth were against the Rams. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Tom Brady has beaten my team twice, and I still love him like a brother, or like a uh, like a uh, great oh, player. I, like, I thought he I was think, like a I father. He's like a uh, nah, 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 nah. But for real, I mean, my my uh, family has great respect for Tom. Although yeah. my dad might not might, might not might not like him that much on the field, but I think I think I think you know I've come around to respect him as a, a competitor. Yeah, but like anyway, go like ahead. Go ahead I get it. Uh, Arizona. If they get a win against the Colts, 49ers lose, plus a Vikings loss. There's a few other scenarios that – simple Cardinals, if you can win, you win the division. Um, but we see they could have done that last week against Detroit, and it didn't work out. Uh, Dawn, your Rams, clinching playoff spot with a win or a tie against the Vikings. Or if the Eagles lose and the Saints lose, the Rams will be – just win. Just win. It's simple like that. Um, there's not any other – Playoff clinching scenarios in the NFC, although elimination, if the Falcons lose to the Lions and the Vikings win, um, they are eliminated from the playoffs. There's a few other scenarios that exist. Panthers eliminate, uh, basically they lose um, to the Bucks. Seattle will be eliminated. Uh, if they lose to the Bears, those are a few other scenarios that a little convoluted. Giants, also a loss, will likely eliminate them. Over the AFC, no team is technically clinched. There's a lot of chaos that could result from having some 7-17s at the bottom of the divisions. Anyway, the Chiefs will win the AFC West if they beat the Steelers and the Chargers lose. The Chiefs go to the playoffs if they can win it. Um, New England, my beloved Patriots, beat Buffalo, and then the Saints beat the Dolphins because Dolphins will lose. Gives us the amount of games we need to take over and win the AFC East. Plus, we'd also have the head-to-head over Buffalo if we can sweep them this week. Patriots also clinch a playoff spot with the win, plus numerous other combinations of losses by teams. But uh, they win the East if they can win and Buffalo can lose. Or they win, Miami loses. Tennessee gets the South with the win over the 49ers and the Colts losing. Colts keep it interesting late in the year. Um, there's also a win and other combinations that can result that will the ties maybe go to the playoffs. Uh, elimination scenarios, Cleveland will be eliminated if they lose to the Packers, combined with wins by numerous other teams. Denver, eliminate from playoff condition with a loss to the Raiders, plus a Colts win, plus a Bills win, plus a Chargers win. Um, so do you basically need a win if you're these teams, uh, Denver, Cleveland, and a few others that are trying to vie for that last class one. But those are your playoff scenarios for the week. A little complicated, but a lot more on the line. Next, we will go to our week 16. I can't believe we're already there. 
Uh, preview started with the Thursday night football matchup between the 49ers and the Titans. I think we got a chance to get some good football here. Uh, I think we'll see a lot of running attack here. Uh, I know Derrick Henry's not playing, but Tennessee still looks to run the ball. Dante Foreman. Uh, we see on the other side of the ball, Debo Samuel, despite being a receiver, is a very good runner. Um, I do think Elijah Mitchell, he is ruled out for the game, so I don't think we'll see him. Um, a few other injuries of note. I do think I saw Julio Jones uh, was practicing today. So I think Julio could play. A.J. Brown's on IR, so he's not going to play. Uh, all that being said, the line right now is three points to San Francisco. Um and I'm just going outright. I think San Francisco will go in. I think Jimmy G, uh, he's a good enough quarterback. Ryan Tannehill, these are the most average quarterbacks in the league, not named Kirk Cousins. Uh, they're not horrible guys. I don't mind having them. Although Tannehill is a 14 and 14 touchdown interception ratio right there, one on one. Um, so I, I'm going to trust Jimmy to go on the road. Um, it's a short week. They're going across time zones. I get it. Actually, did they play in Atlanta? Who knows? Who cares? Um, give me the 49ers this week against the Tennessee Titans. Dalton, I'll go you next. You hate the 49ers. I was easy to save the division. Um, I don't know what your thoughts on Tennessee is. Um, besides, they had Jeff Fisher at one point before he went to your team. Dalton, what's your thoughts on 49ers Titans? Um, gosh, dude. Uh, I I really have no stance on who wins this game. Um, I could care less who wins. Um but I think, I think right now, San Francisco being my underrated team, I have to go with San Francisco. I may not like them because they're a division rival, but having to deal with the Shanahan offense <laughs> twice a year sucks, dude. It sucks. Because you know they're going to come out and they're going to be tough as heck. And they're going to try to run the ball down your throat, dude, until they can't run it anymore. And I think that's very helpful for Jimmy G. Not to mention that he's got the one a top three tight end in George Kittle and a top ten defense. I think this is in 49ers' favor. I think they'll go in cross-country. I, th- I, think, I, think the, I think the San Francisco will go in and take care of business in Tennessee. All right. Christian, how do you see this game going? I mean, I kind of have a little saying where it's kind of like, if you don't know who you're going to pick, look at the quarterbacks, look at the weapons, and if they have a true pass rusher on the team, then you're kind of like, okay, maybe I'll pick them. I think this is going to be a very close game. I mean, especially record-wise, you have the leader in the AFC South, and you have a really good team in the NFC West, uh, number six wildcard team. Which team has more to gain, more to lose? I think Tennessee has the most to lose, and so does San Fran. But if you really look at it, Tennessee's stock's going a little bit down. San Francisco's coming up a little bit. I mean, you look at the injuries that San Francisco has. Obviously, Elijah Mitchell being out is huge. And then you're looking at Tennessee, A.J. Brown's being out. Uh, Taylor Juan, obviously, uh, he's out with his, uh, I think it was a knee injury. And then, you know, Julio Jones may be in, maybe not. Right now, San Francisco is favored to win by three, and I would have to pick San Francisco. I like the quarterback matchup better between Jimmy G and Brian Tannehill. Um, I like the running game better in terms in Tennessee because, you know, or not Tennessee and San Fran because Tennessee doesn't have Derrick Henry back yet. We'll see what happens there. 
And obviously, I think they have the better weapons. They have the better overall receiver slash tight end and George Kittle against, I mean, Julio Jones is not the same Julio Jones. He's still a real good player. But George Kittle's in his prime. Julio's not. I mean, I like the pass rusher and Nick Bosa. I mean, I love I love me some Bosa boys. So, I think San Francisco has a better overall team as of right now, uh, health-wise, and just, you know, they have a better coaching, in my in my opinion, too. I think San Fran has this game won, but it's going to be a very close game because these two teams have a lot to gain and a lot to lose at the exact, at the exact same time. Our, our next game, we go Saturday at uh, 8.15 at night. We have the Colts traveling to Arizona, another AFC-NFC matchup. Um Saturday night football. It's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a fun one. Colts, Cardinals. You have Carson Wentz, Kyler Murray, both coming off a not so good performance from a quarterback perspective. Um, just statistically speaking, uh, I'll go. You know, let's go Christian first here for this matchup. How do you see the Colts and the Cardinals going down? Uh, exact same kind of thing. What I said for San Fran and Tennessee. But, obviously, I think this game is actually much better. I think these are two dark horses to go in the Super Bowl, uh, especially more Colts than is a dark horse. But, I mean, Arizona has a lot to lose because they lose. I mean, Rams right now take the division. You know, if the Rams uh, do get the victory against uh, Minnesota. Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. So, Arizona, like, this is a big game for Arizona. You would not want – and, like, you could say, oh, they're declining – bit and this and that but I mean I trust Arizona's rushing defense a little bit more uh, than I would say New England's but I think Arizona takes the dub in this game it's at home um, and they got embarrassed I would say if uh, if Arizona did beat Detroit and they actually beat them up I would say the Colts actually take this I think Arizona because, A, they got embarrassed against Detroit. They don't want to have any more blue teams uh, whooping their butts anymore. Um, and also, I mean, they, they got a lot to prove. I mean, Arizona started hot last year and faded away. Arizona does not want to be a one-game you know, one game pony in the NFC right now. Because right now, if we if the playoffs ended today, they would, you know, they would be the number four seed. And they would play Los Angeles. And I would say Los, An- like Los Angeles beat them uh, Monday Night Football a couple nights ago. And L.A. looks better than Arizona right now. And a lot of teams in the NFC race look better than Arizona right now. So they this is a prove-it kind of game. So I, I trust Arizona and Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, and others to bounce back and actually beat the Colts. I think, again, it's going to be a very close game. Uh, quarterback, I would take Kyler barely. Uh, you know, coach-wise, I would take Frank Reich. Running game, I would definitely choose Jonathan Taylor. But defensively, I trust Arizona's defense a tad bit more uh, if they actually want to play. And I think Arizona will want to play. So I think Arizona takes the dub here. All right. Um, Don, how do you see Colts Cardinals going down? Uh, I hate you, Spoons. Why did you make me go second? Okay. <laughs> yeah, you did, you <laughs> son of a gun. Um. Uh, hmm, hmm, hmm. Okay. Well, I can tell you this, dude. 
Arizona's not very good at home. They've they they're they're three and three at home, but they're unstoppable on the road, which makes except in Detroit no sense. Except in Detroit, but but you know before Detroit's game, they're unstoppable on the road. Um, screw it. Okay, let me. I'm gonna go ahead and pick the Colts to win, and here's why. Part of me wants the Colts to win so that maybe, just maybe, my boys can have a chance to take the division lead after this weekend. Just maybe. Not trying to say that the Vikings are trash because they're not. They're seven and seven. But I think if the if the Cardinals lose, then the Rams are looking looking okay. Also, when it comes to running the ball. I think that the Cardinals are going to have to stop a beast in Jonathan Taylor, and that's going to be a tough thing to do. He's leading the NFL in rushing yards, which I which I believe is, if my memory serves me correctly, around sixteen hundred yards so far. Oh, fifteen actually. Sorry, I was a hundred y'all. I was a hundred off. And uh, I mean, he's going off. You can make the case that he's in the MVP conversation because they wouldn't be where they are without him. Um, Carson Wentz, not really turning the ball over. You saw with the Lions this past week and the Rams before that, both quarterbacks threw for three touchdowns. Both quarterbacks didn't turn the ball over. Both quarterbacks won. Interesting. So you don't turn the ball over against the Cardinals. You pressure Kyler Murray which I saw the Colts play in person, their pass rush is no slouch, gentlemen. No slouch. Um, Their defense is good. The Cardinals' defense is good, too. But you'd be able to run the ball. Don't turn the ball over and pressure Kyler Murray, who has been banged up, according to reports. Yes. Surprising? I don't think so. Okay, this is like he's always banged up towards the end of the season. It's just the nature of it. Nature of being a quarterback, I guess. I'm going to go ahead and take the Colts to pull off the quote-unquote upset um, in Glendale. Uh, and we've seen that Cardinal. And the Cardinals are still without D-Hop. So that, again, goes into the Colts' favor. Um, and I think they're riding sort of like an underdog mentality right now. Um, you know, they just beat the Patriots who are riding high on the road. They beat them at home. Um, and they're like, I, they, I mean, they probably feel like they could, they could hang with anybody. So give me the Colts to win this weekend. Uh, you guys both bring up some excellent points here. Uh, it's going to be a fun game. Like I said earlier, I think, but I think the best player in this game, in my opinion at least, which doesn't account for much, um, I don't even like saying best player because I think they're all very good players. I'm mean, in the NFL for a reason. But Taylor has been borderline unstoppable this season. Um, I mean, I know last week we had that big six, seven yard run where he just does one cut and he's just off for the races. Um, I don't even fault for scoring. Like, I know some people think he should have gone down. Uh, that's a whole other discussion. Michael Pittman's also been having a very good year. I think that Carson Wentz, kind of like we saw Mac Jones two weeks ago, 
didn't need to do much because the running game was working. Uh, Wentz will have to pass, I think, against Arizona in order to win. You can't solely rely on Taylor. Um, I think Taylor will have a phenomenal game. I think the Cardinals keep it close, but I, I just think that the Colts, like Dalton said, I think they're going to win because Arizona, you lost. I mean, they couldn't come out because they lost to Detroit. They're like, we don't want to lose again. Uh, they're on two-game losing streak. I think it will be three games by the time Saturday night ends. Give me the Colts in this game. Next up, we have Ravens-Bengals. Um, I don't know what the update on Lamar Jackson is at this point. I don't, it might be Tyler Huntley again, which maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's not a good thing. Um, Huntley's been pretty reliable. Um, he's, I mean, they've lost both games they has had to play in lately. Um, but they kept it close. Uh, let's go Dalton first here. How do you see the Ravens at Bengals going down? Ooh, gosh. Um, Division game, which you know how I yeah. feel about those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the last time these two teams played, it was not close. It was earlier in the season. I think it was October. Um, not close, man. It was like 41 to – the Ravens didn't even score 20 points. Um, 41-17 is what I'm pulling up. Yes, sir. That's correct. Um. Mm-mm-mm. Well, if you're a Ravens fan, you feel pretty good about where you're at because the number one seed in the NFC um, only beat you by one point. So you feel pretty good about where you're at. But this is a different. This is a different type of game. There's animosity. There's, you know, it's it's heated. Uh, division rivalries, awful, awful. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how this goes. But I think, um, I think the Ravens' rushing attack is going to be something to be desired. Uh, it hasn't been hasn't been the best this season. Um, on the stat sheet, it might say top five, but that's because we're dealing with rushing quarterbacks as well. That's something that you have to account for. I feel like the Bengals will account will will definitely try to account for it, um, but it is hard. It's hard to beat. It's hard to beat the team twice in one season, but Cincinnati at home, you know, they were able to. They're able to, you know, get some good wins at home this season, and some bad losses. But I think in front of their home crowd. I think that they'll be able to um, pull this pull this puppy out. Um, oh gosh, they're awful on the road. On the, uh, they're they're actually awful at home, which is why I'm going to pull a massive U-turn and take the Ravens to win. So, yeah. I was gonna say, where are you going with this? Because you just yeah went yeah You're going everywhere. Yeah, well, I was Don't trying worry, guys. To... I'll probably get a text tomorrow. Dawn will say, give me the Bengals now. Yeah, dude, I literally do not care I'll give you about a... this game. So there's only there's only really one game that I care about. <laughs> no, I fair. Christian, yeah. the floor is yours now. How do you see Ravens Bengals going down? Um it's gonna be a close game. Like division games are not our favorites to pick because obviously uh Minnesota, who's right now on the tail end of the wild card race. Beat my Green Bay Packers. And it was like, oh, that gum. Like, Minnesota could actually be good. And then every next week, they play Detroit, and they lose. So, you know, it, it's kind of hit and miss of what, you know, what happens in the NFL. But 
I would definitely say the Bengals are going to win only because I like the pass rush better in Cincinnati. I mean, this Baltimore defense is very hit and miss. Uh, Jamar Chase versus put name here, uh, in, you know, in you know the cornerback room in Baltimore, uh, it's going to be Jamar Chase, it seems like. I mean, I, I really don't trust Baltimore's defense when really going up that much. Yes, they didn't let Devontae Adams go off, but they did let MVS go off. So it's kind of hit and miss with this defense. And right now, I mean, do you really trust John Harbaugh if, like, if game gets close? I mean, if it's, you know, it's a three-point game and that's a 30-yard line, I, I think he's going to punt it or he's probably going to run the football if it's a fourth and 15 at the 30. I mean, I, I just don't know what the play calling is going to be. And, yes, I'm taking a jab at John Harbaugh with his play decision. Hey, if you're the defense and you, you don't know what the play call is, that's a good thing for the offense. Again, but, again, if it doesn't work and all this stuff, True. like, ob- like obviously they're going to see – like, they're going to see Tyler Hartley out. They're not going to – Please. They're going to be fake uh, plays you can get on Madden or whatever. But, mm-hmm. anyway – um. I think Cincinnati wins because number one, they're in, uh, they're in first place in the AFC, uh, the AFC North. They need this game because the division is still super daggum close. They they like they need us, and I think in the locker room and Zach Taylor in the in the coaching room, they they're like, dude, we're right here, man. We are right daggum here. No one thought we were gonna be here. Everyone thought we were gonna be an okay team, not great. This is the best chance you got to win this division because you know Pitt. They're going to go after a quarterback and you know get get rid of their TikTok wide receivers. And actually, get real NFL wide receivers who actually give a damn. Um, you know they're gonna obviously Najee Harris is going to get better. They're going to look at the offensive line, defense. You know, look, it keeps getting better. So you know, you know, patch everything up there. I mean, Pittsburgh looks like they could be something next year. I mean, you gotta you gotta look at your t- you know division as a whole. Cleveland could get better if they throw quarterback in. I mean, this is this is the time to win and this is time to take that chance. I think Cincinnati takes this dub because after this year, man, I mean, it's gonna be a tough it's gonna be a tough division. Do you guys remember earlier this year when CJ Uzuma was having a was going off almost every week early on. Yes. Um, sorry, yeah, he had yes, two touchdowns against Jacksonville, had touchdown against Detroit. He had two touchdowns the last time the Ravens and still and uh Bengals, excuse me, played. He has yet to record a touchdown since that night in October. And it's not just because they're playing Baltimore again that I think he's gonna do this, but that he had 18 yards on four receptions last week against Denver. I think we're we're due for a CJ Uzuma. Um, I don't want to say breakout, but another game for him to be very good. I think Chase will be fine. Um, but I just cannot pick the Ravens if Tyler Huntley is the guy. But... Maybe if it comes out Lamar Jackson starting, I might be persuaded to pick Baltimore. Um, but as of now, I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they're they they're looking for a bounce back. The division lead is on the line right now. Uh, yes, Pittsburgh 7-6-1, Cleveland 7-7. Um, but winner of this game will be in first place in the division. Right now, Cincinnati has the tiebreaker. Um, and also, with if some spots fall the other way, like New England, they're at nine wins. If they lose, 
Um, they could drop back Tennessee if they lose. They could drop Cincinnati or Baltimore could take off take over that second or third spot. Uh, now Casey has ten wins, so that would happen this week. But we are due for. Um, it, Cincinnati has not been fun lately, and we saw Joe Burrow's press conference earlier today. Uh, I just saw the headline; I didn't actually listen to the audio, but he said, "There's not much to do in Cincinnati, so we're not going out and getting COVID." Uh, a little tongue in cheek there. Cincinnati, I've been there a few times. It's, it's a fun city, but he's kind of got a point. There. There's not much to do in Cincinnati, so they've been staying safe. Um, so yeah, given the Bengals in this game, let's go I'm by myself. Not the first time; probably won't be the last. All right, yeah. This would happen, and um, that's just something that they're going to have to deal with. And I think that this is probably not going to probably it's probably not the last time this season we're going to see Harbaugh go for two. All right, next up we have the New England Patriots taking on the Buffalo Bills. This time in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Last time they played, obviously the two weeks ago Monday Night Football. Uh, New England went into Buffalo very windy conditions. Uh, weather was not a uh, it didn't affect New England that much. I mean, their play calling it did, but they were able to dominate the run game. I don't see Mac Jones throwing three passes this time around. I think he'll throw a lot more. Um, Allen, I don't know what the forecast says right now, but it can't be worse than last time. Um, that being said, it's at home where New England has has sometimes not been good they like kind of like arizona we said earlier much better on the road than they are at home and this is i think this is either the first second time this year i've done this maybe third time in the podcast history that we've done this where we are covering the new england patriots and i will not be picking them to win now i wish they win i hope they win i'll be rooting for them to win but i think even before the year i thought buffalo was the better team i thought we see a split in the season series between the two squ- between the two squads, excuse me. Um, so I'm unfortunately picking against my heart and going with the Buffalo Bills on mon- on Sunday afternoon. As much as it pains me to say that, um, I think Mac he he looked like a rookie would against Arizona against um, the Colts, excuse me. Um, and Kendrick Bourne got put on the COVID list earlier today, so I don't even know what his status is if he's going to be able to clear protocols by um, the time they squat off. Harris come off injury. Uh, Stevenson, he's injured. Questionable. I think one of them probably will play. Um, it, it's just been a rough week, and I don't, hate to see a two-game losing streak, especially at this point when you have a chance to potentially lock the division up. I think they'll be prepared because I think Belichick will have the squad prepared. I, I just think that Buffalo is going to come in and they're going to want vengeance from last time, and that's how I see it going down. Dahl, next, how do you um, see the Patriots and Bills going down? Yeah, dude, I mean, I think it's it's got to be one of those things where the Patriots are going to bounce back. I think, they'll, I think they'll do so. I think they'll sweep the Bills. And, um, well, the thing about it is, too, is that the Bills just have no resemblance of a running game at all. Um, mm-mm-mm. Yeah, I'm going to take the Patriots to win, Spence. All right. Christian, how do you see this game going down? Uh, You know, I'm kind of splitting the difference here, but I think I'm going to be with more Dalton on this side. I think New England takes this dub. Um, Yeah, I understand Buffalo Bill. 
need to kind of come back in this game because they were, you know, they weren't really embarrassed, but like, come on, they couldn't, they couldn't do anything in that type of weather. I'm not going to really blame them for that. Um, but I mean, when you're really looking at it, Buffalo has really kind of been shot down as oh, an AFC contender to just they're just another team. I mean, they you know the last um, what is this six games, seven games, they're three and four, and they're not against the greatest of teams. They lost to Jacksonville nine to six. I mean, they lost uh, to the Colts forty one fifteen. They lost to New England pretty bad, and then. Uh, the Bucks game, they were getting whooped uh, until they came back in the fourth quarter. So, Buffalo is just very inconsistent of, do they want to play, do they not want to play? Um, to me, this is going to be their last loss of the season, I think, because they got Atlanta and New York to play with, the New York Jets, that is. Um, I think Buffalo does take this uh, L, but New England, I mean, New England's going to it's going to be a tough game, obviously, because uh, they're going to, you know, try and really go at Mac Jones and Bill Belichick's throats. But I think Buffalo is just kind of another team right now, and uh, they're going to lose to New England. I hope you guys are right. I really do. Um, I almost picked the Patriots, but I was like, ah, this is that's more of a heart pick. I've had a few where I pick homerish, and it worked in my favor. Anyway, on to Monday Night Football, a game that Dalton really wanted to discuss. So, I'll have him go first here. Miami Dolphins at New Orleans Saints. Uh, should be a very fun showdown. But, Dalton, <coughs> you wanted to discuss this matchup. So, why did you want? Why did you pick this matchup to discuss this week? I think how did you see it go down? I think, well, I picked it because, you know, the so both these teams are obviously vying for a playoff spot. Uh, one of one of one of the one of the hottest teams in all football is the Miami Dolphins. They're riding six games right now, six games in a row. They say one. Um, and the Saints, they're riding high too. Despite you know they've only win, they've only won two or three games in a row. But they just shut out the Super Bowl champs the this past weekend. So, and they're going they're going back home to New Orleans. I think this is going to be. A very, very good game. Close game. Defensive battle for sure. Um, you know, on you know, on one side, Tua is finally coming into his own. Uh, they actually know that they want Tua as the quarterback. I thought I think I think, you know, like that whole Deshaun Watson talk earlier in the year uh was kinda was kinda getting to him. Uh and now that, you know, he he's the quarterback He's really not turning the ball over as much. Um, at the last game, he had two picks, um, two touchdowns. But you know, he's getting into the right receivers. I think Jalen Waddle or uh, yeah, Jalen Waddle is supposed to come back uh, here soon, either this week or next week. And uh, Miami, Miami is looking in pretty good position after um, not being five hundred or. or um, 500 or above for the majority of the season. Um, this this the Saints, uh, seven and seven right now. Quarterback situation not looking great, so you can't help but think, you know, if they're seven and seven right now with the quarterback situation not not looking so fantastic, they might have a better record if they did have the quarterback situation right. Um, and 
man, the defense, the defense for the Saints is their calling card. Uh, and, and, you know, and, you know, the people in New Orleans at home in the Caesars Dome. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be loud and rowdy. Um, and so but I think I think the hot team coming in six games, six game winning streak. Um, I mean, the Miami defense is going to have to step up for them. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pick the the Dolphins to win and hopefully to uh, get away from his turnover ways. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe maybe um, the Dolphins can can ride it into seven going into next week. All right. I'm also going to go with the Dolphins there. Like you said, they're the hottest team in football right now. Um, as much as I do not like the Dolphins, you know, division rival and everything, seeing them at one and seven with the one win being against the Patriots, it ticked me off so much knowing that we were in that game. We was a fumble in the game that cost us. You know, it is what it is. Seeing them get hot now is making that loss not look as bad as it was at the time. Um, and we get a, a rematch in week 18, which we'll, we may preview when that time comes. But Miami with Tua, it has been it is one of the weirdest and best stories in football that a team was 1-7. and seven. And sure, the schedule, um, you can nitpick if you want to. The Texans, you know, the Jets twice, the Giants, the Panthers, with uh, who even knows their quarterback is, which is terrible. Uh, you'd be a solid Baltimore team. Um, that's easy. That you can't deny Baltimore's a good team there. Uh, you got Saints, Titans, and Patriots. Three teams with you just look at the quarterback alone. Saints, Taysom Hill. You, you the quarterback, you probably have the advantage there. Uh, Tannehill's a all right quarterback. I like him a lot. Mac Jones, you know, average middle of the row. He's also a rookie. They're winnable three games. It's not inconceivable. They could be a 10 and 17. I don't think they will. I think they'll lose to New England last week of the season um, as of now. But I do think they'll get the win here against the Saints. They'll be 8 and 7, which is something that I don't even think that Don, our buddy Jared, as delusional as he is about his teams, I don't even think he thought legitimately they'd be 8 and 7. He probably, yeah. he, he probably would say they would win every game from here on out. But I don't even think he legitimately thought that. There's no way. No way. I think a bet uh, that's another discussion for another day. Anyway, Christian Fish is off. How do you see these Saints Dolphins game going down? Um, yeah, when Dalton mentioned it, I was kind of like, okay, that's interesting, and now I'll follow suit. Uh, these are two obviously, you know, good teams going in for the wild card race, and I mean, if I'm if I gotta pick right now, I gotta say Miami. Like Miami is red hot, and I get it, New Orleans. They shut out Tampa Bay, and, you know, they're a good team, and, you know, they got a really good defense, and that that's true. I mean, I, I trust the defense uh, way more than the offense. Oh, yeah, Cam Jordan was phenomenal last week. Oh, Cam, he Cam, was. Jordan, Cam Jordan, like, after the 100 sacks, I'm like, okay, that's a first ballot. Maybe not first ballot, but, like, that's a Hall of Famer. Like, if you don't want to put him in the Hall of Fame, like, you're an idiot. Um, He is that daggum good, and he's been great ever since he's – uh, stepped in the league, but I mean, look, look, listen to these numbers, man. I mean, you you beat the Buccaneers nine to nothing. Oh, you put up thirty up against the Jets. Oh, cool. Um, you had four interceptions on a daggum, you know, 
jacked up finger, and you still lost. You still put up seventeen actually against Dallas. Put up sixteen against Buffalo. Twenty nine against Philly. Twenty one. Like they had a five game losing streak, and that is for a reason. Like they were not a really good team. Why is that? Because I mean, Taysom Hill is just not the guy. Trevor Simeon is not the guy. Jameis Winston. Before his injury, I think it was against the Bucks. It could was it against the Bucks. I'm gonna check that real quick. See when that happened. I, I forget exactly when Jameis got hurt. But ever since then, I mean, like they've been hitting the cane and they can't do anything. And their defense, thank goodness, has stepped up because their offense can't. Their offense cannot step up as consistent as you know you really should. Yeah, last game Jameis was in play was against the Bucks on Halloween. Okay, because then they lost five straight. That actually makes a lot of sense. That's kind of spooky. Yo, spooky, spooky skeleton. All right, so, and like that's like that's the one time like their offense was actually real good. Now the Giants lost and Panthers lost. You know, Sam Darnold just went nuts during the time. That uh, let's slip aside. But offensively, New Orleans has not been consistent enough to um, really carry themselves into the playoffs this year. So I get the Dolphins winning. I mean, Miami, Miami, it has like has a lot, need a lot of help to get into the playoffs because of their bad start. But I mean, it saved Brian's job, and I think a lot of teams are like, okay, they add, you know, they add me, you know, free agency wise, they add me. They're a playoff team. They could be a dark horse. And I mean, they got the Saints, the inconsistent Titans, and the Patriots. You know. Spencer, that could be very interesting. Very division per- games. <laughs> Miami always does well against us. I'm not going to be surprised either way. And it's probably going to be off of a kickoff return or something like that, like a special teams kind of play. Uh, that's just you know, another jab that was like a couple of years ago. That happened. And we also we have had three block punts this year, which I think leads the league. That is true. And so I think like Miami has you know needs a lot of help to get the job done. Uh, in terms of the playoffs, but I think they, you know, help themselves a little bit, and they'll be eight and seven. I got Miami. Yeah, so a fun week uh, lined up here. I'll definitely to tune in. I mean, Christmas Day we have some good good games. Christian Packers playing the Browns um, should be a fun one. Um, so yeah, everyone, you know, stay safe this Christmas week. Uh, whenever you're listening to this pod, thank you for listening. Um, real quick before I do. I, mean, I was about to go into the ending there, but we have 49ers. We all picked the same there. We all picked the Dolphins. Other three games, we each had, we each had one difference. Uh, Christian picked the Cardinals. Dolphins picked the Ravens. I picked the Bills, unfortunately, there. Um, so this could be a fun week. We can see some sh- uh, shakeup in the standings next week, uh, potentially, depending on how it falls. Um, but, yeah, thanks again for listening to Out of Bounds. Like I said at the top of the show, Feel free to, you know, rate us on Spotify. Apple, if you're listening on there, rate us too. Give us a review. Um, feedback, we I definitely appreciate all the feedback we get. Um, again, like I said earlier, Ryan's happy hour. Give him a listen. We've all three been on. He's had a couple other guests on lately. Been tremendous interviews. You won't want to miss that podcast. I cannot stress enough. Um, help him out there. Give him a five-star rating at least. You can give us a one-star. I really don't care. Give us a rating at all. Um so, yeah, have a safe Christmas. Boxing Day is on mo- Sunday if you celebrate that. Kwanzaa, I know it's coming up uh, if you celebrate that. Whatever uh, you celebrate, just enjoy it. 
And as always, I'm Spencer Brown. I'm Dalton Bishop. And I'm Christian Nernst. So thanks again. Like I said, listening out of bounds. Enjoy the rest of your day.